Jack Fenton watched over Charlie's shoulder as she used her set of customized tools to pick the lock on the metal door. The train rocked from side to side, and he hoped he'd factored the motion into her timings. After a few more anxious seconds, Jack peered through the other door behind them into the passenger carriage beyond. All was quiet in there. People were reading newspapers, listening to iPods, oblivious to what was going on. Hopefully it would stay that way. His eyes drifted to the far end of the carriage where Wren was sitting in an aisle seat. Her long, blonde hair was tied up with a pink bow, and she looked like an innocent ten-year-old. A deception. Jack caught her eye and whispered into his headset, You doing okay? Wren smiled and gave a slight nod. Jack stayed as still as possible, letting Charlie get on with her work. He turned to the compartment's side window, watched the trees and houses speed past, and quickly ran through the rest of the mission, checking for any last-minute problems. The security door Charlie was working on had a special lock. Beyond that door was an armoured train carriage, and in that carriage was a silver briefcase. Jack had no idea what was inside the briefcase, and right at that moment he didn't care. All he knew was a man called the Shepherd wanted it. In exchange for the briefcase, this Shepherd guy would help the outlaws get from London to New York. Jack balled his fists as he thought of Hector. Hector was their new enemy. He'd managed to copy the world's most advanced virus, and he was now taking the virus apart to understand how it worked. He intended to use it to become the greatest hacker ever known. Hector would then be free to do whatever he wanted. Just like his father, he'd steal secrets and sell them to the highest bidder. He'd cause chaos and misery wherever he went. And, Jack's stomach twisted, with that sort of power, given time, Hector could even track down the location of the urban outlaw's bunker. Using a program Jack had written, the outlaws had tracked Hector to America. That was why they needed to get to New York, and fast. Jack's gaze moved back to the security door. First things first, he told himself. They needed that briefcase. Sixteen minutes before you reach the train station, a voice said in their ears. Obi was back at the bunker, watching the CCTV footage and keeping an eye out for any police or bad guys. Charlie was still working on the lock. Beads of sweat trickled off her forehead and down her cheeks. She didn't seem to notice. The concentration on her face was intense. Jack didn't want to interrupt her but sixteen minutes meant they were running out of time. She should have been done with the lock by now. He leant in. How you doing? Not good, Charlie hissed back. It's tougher than I thought. She'd practiced on a similar lock back at the bunker until she could do it blindfolded, but this one seemed to be a newer version. Upgrades, Jack thought. That's all we need. He braced himself. So, how long? Charlie puffed a strand of hair from her eyes. I'm going as quick as I can. Her voice sounded strained, but as always, she seemed in control. Jack straightened up and cupped a hand over his microphone. Slink. A blast of dubstep almost tore Jack's eardrums from his skull. He winced. Slink, seriously? After a few seconds, the music died down. What? Do you have to do that, like, every time? Yeah, mostly, Slink said. And? Obi chuckled. Come on, guys, I'm trying to work here. Charlie shook her head and returned her attention to the lock. Jack stepped away from her and whispered into his mic. 
Slink, just tell us where you are. All right, chill your beans. That guy's finally gone and I'm getting into position. I'll have it all set up for you in the next couple of minutes. He'd been delayed too. Wren cleared her throat. Now what? Jack spun to the passenger carriage door. Through the window he could see a conductor walking down the aisle towards them, asking for tickets as he went. Charlie? Jack didn't take his eyes off the man. I don't mean to rush you, but we kind of need an ETA here. At least a few minutes more. Minutes? Jack gauged they had less than sixty seconds before the conductor reached them. We don't have that much time. Charlie glanced up at him. If I stop now, I'll have to start all over again, and that would mean another fifteen minutes at least. Not a chance, you guys, Obi said through the headset. The station is now fourteen minutes away.